everyone so the last time we looked at how Saul King Saul from the first Samuel series got into leadership how he was anointed as king and got straight into business well not straight but he finally got around to his first major job which was a battle at uh, Jabesh Gilead and that was chapter 10 so we continue with chapter 11 and here's what it says sorry that was chapter that was chapter 11 and we continue with chapter 12 so Samuel said to the Israel to Israel to all Israel now this is Samuel's farewell speech Samuel has been our constant from the word go from the first chapter of Samuel hence the book Samuel he has been a major character and so well it's sad to see him leave but let's see what it says Samuel said to all Israel I've listened to everything you said to me and have set a king over you now you have a king as your leader as for me I'm old and gray and my sons are here with you I have been your leader from my youth until this day here I stand testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed whose ox have I taken whose donkey have I taken whom have I cheated whom have I oppressed from whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes if I have done any of these things I will make it right you have not cheated or oppressed us they replied you have not taken anything from us from anyone's hand Samuel said to them the Lord is witness against you and also his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand he is witness they said then Samuel said to the people it is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors out of Egypt now then stand here because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors after Jacob entered Egypt they cried to the Lord for help and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your sisters out of Egypt and settled them in this place but they forgot the Lord their God so he sold them into the hand of Sisera the commander of the army of Hazor and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab who fought against them they cried out to the Lord and said we have sinned we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreths but now deliver us from the hands of our enemies and we will serve you then the Lord sent Jerubal Barak Jephthah and Samuel and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety but when you saw that Nahash king of the Ammonites was moving against you you said to me no we want a king to rule over us even though the Lord your God was your king now here is the king you have chosen the one you asked for see the Lord has set a king over you if you fear the Lord and serve and obey him and do not rebel against his commandments and if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God 
good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hand will be against you as it was against your ancestors. Now then, stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain, and you will realize that an evil thing What an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord. And that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. The people all said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die. For we have added to all our other sins the evil of asking for a king. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you, because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. Wow. So it's not really the farewell that we were expecting. The title could be a bit deceiving. But wow, what a rebuke there from Samuel who is ready to bow out of his duty and really has been forced to resign by the appointment of a king. And this appointment of the king also stood in the way of him ministering to people directly because now he had to go through a king who could or could not take his advice. And anyway, the Lord met the needs of the people, but still they are rebuked once again. And we've seen this consistently in chapter 9, chapter 10. And there was such a great sadness and sorrow on the part of the prophet even in chapter 8, when the people initially asked for a king. And the distress he felt, we now see it finally come out in this speech. And look at that. He says, wait and see. Look at this sign and wonder and let it speak to you and be a testament of the evil decision that you have made to take a king. Why? Because you have seen that you had an enemy. He says in verse 12, that when you saw that Nahash king of the Ammonites was moving against you, you said to me, No, we want a king to rule over us, even though the Lord your God was your king. So what's the problem here? They wanted to conform. It's a conformity issue. Conformity and the lack of allegiance to their God, their king, even if they couldn't see him. And it's the same challenge we have today. We are followers of a person, a king, a personality we cannot see with our physical eyes. But we have to constantly remind ourselves that we have a king. Christians, the followers of the way of the cross, have a king. Behold your king, 
is very well alive and rules even in this day and this moment will you choose to be ruled by your king or elect another king but Samuel empathizes with his people I like the last verse there and it could, we like to quote it towards the end of the chapter it says be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully and all your heart consider the great things that he has done for for you and right above that in verse 23 it says as for me far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you and I will teach you the way that is good and right so there is a way out they provided a remedy yes they wanted a king they chose to have a physical king who would rule over them one that they could see one that would be similar to the political states around them and would give them the sovereignty or authority that was stamped by a king but still there was a way out and the Lord always has mercy upon us he always provides a way out even when we seem so undeservedly wickedly out of way he still has a way to restore and that is what he presents to the children of Israel and the condition hasn't changed and he keeps saying this over and over again from the Bible we've seen since the days of Genesis up to Moses and now the judges and Samuel repeats it to them and he says in verse 16 now then stand still and see the great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes and then of course that happens and then Samuel called to the Lord the same day and the thunder and rain happened and he tells them in verse 20 do not be afraid Samuel said replied you have done all this evil yet do not turn away from the Lord yet do not turn away from the Lord However far adrift we may be, we still should not turn away from the Lord. And that is, that is the most difficult thing sometimes when you're feeling so condemned by the sin that you have done and our acts of wickedness. Yes, they condemn us. And the enemy, the devil, adds his own accusations on top of all that guilt that you're feeling. And yet, here is a template to follow the children of Israel were asked and they were told yes you have sinned however even in that sin that you have committed do not turn away from the Lord but serve the Lord with all your heart do not turn away after useless idols they can do you no good nor can they rescue you because they are useless for the sake of his great name the Lord will not reject his people isn't that comforting that for the sake of his own great name and this is a prayer and a petition that we've had we saw even with Moses he told the Lord Yahweh for then for your name's sake for the sake of your great name do not reject us do not kill these Israelites because they were so uh, wicked that the Lord wanted to literally wipe them out and start a new fresh generation out of Moses but Moses pleaded with him and said for your name's sake and even now for the names 
the name of Yahweh's sake. He said, for the sake of the great name of the Lord, he will not reject his people. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people. Because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. What does that mean? That means that as a child of God, you bear his image. Just the same way a physical father of a child here on earth will not just get rid of them. It's not possible to drop out an eight-year-old or five-year-old out on the street or a young child who cannot possibly take care of themselves. But anyway, it's difficult for any human father to just get rid of their children and disown them. And it's the same thing with our Father in Heaven. We belong to Him. And because we belong to Him, He cannot simply turn His face away from us because we did the wrong deed and we took the wrong direction. He'll always seek to return us back to Himself and draw us back into His fold, into His arms, into His way and into His rest. For His name's sake. Because His name is on us. And the image, his image is on us. And the image we reflect is his. So anyone that sees a born again believer sees God. And therefore, he will not allow his name to be tarnished. And he will protect it. Because it's his nature. It's who he is. So now that we know we are so intricately intertwined with the name and the image and the nature of God, what are we to do? And here's what Samuel tells them in verse 20. Do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord. We are to serve the Lord with all your heart. It's not half-heartedly, it's not sometimes, not just on Sundays or Sabbath or when it seems appropriate or seems comfortable. It is with all our heart. It is a state that is permanent or should be permanent. Do not turn away after useless idols. And isn't it that time when you have sinned and when we have departed from the way of the Lord that we are most likely to turn to idols? People who feel condemned will almost likely go to the enemy for help and not the Lord God himself. And that yet is the opposite of what we should be doing. We should be turning back to God even when we feel far away from him. Yes, we have trespassed. Yes, we have gone against him. Yes, we have made him upset. Yes, we know we've sinned, but we still go back. And the prodigal son, we go back to him. Because he's the one who's still our true God and Father. And he's the one who cares about us. Do not go back. Do not go back to useless idols. So why was it necessary for the sign of thunder and lightning? It was to remind the children of Israel that the God, their Lord, the Lord, their God was still present even in that time. And sometimes we need a sign. We forget that God is still among us. And that he's still here with us. It's like he got stuck somewhere in the Bible days, no? And even here, in, in First Samuel, the children of Israel had forgotten that their God 
was well and able to fight for them and was still present and powerful and mighty to lead them even in battle. So there they go, they got the sign, thunder, and they got their lightning in the middle of the summer (laughs) in harvest time. And that served as a warning to them. So the man, Samuel, as bitter as he may sound, still had a heart to restore the children of Israel. And that's how it should be even with the religious leaders around us. We sometimes are so stuck with what our followers did wrong. We forget that you're still the mediators. You're still the one that bridges the gap between the followers of Jesus Christ and you, if you're a pastor or a small group leader, whatever you are, leading the flock, you should always have the heart to mediate and teach them the right way, as Samuel did. He says that he would teach them. In verse 23, I will teach you the way that is good and right. And on it says, just above that, it says, I should far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Two very important functions is praying, intercession, and teaching, discipleship. Are we discipling people? Are we praying for them? Even in the depths of their sin or sinfulness. The other little section I wanted to cover is a little history about how the Lord brought them out of various, brought the Israelites into victory during various battles. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves where God took us from and learn from our mistakes. In the times where we felt that he had not delivered us as we expected, what was the problem? What didn't we do right? He says, as as Samuel recounts it, I'm going to confront you with the evidence before the Lord as to the to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord your God for you and your ancestors in verse 8 it says after Jacob entered Egypt they cried out to the Lord for help and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place but they forgot the Lord see what happened there they forgot the Lord so he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazona. You remember Sisera from the story of Deborah, the commander of the army of Hazona, and into the hands of the Philistines, the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord and served the Baals and Ashtoreth. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies and we will serve you. That was the promise they gave. The Lord sold them out because they forgot the Lord. Have you forgotten the Lord? Are you experiencing a season of being sold out? Then the Lord sent Jerubal 
Barak, we know the story of Barak and Deborah, Jephthah and Samuel himself. And he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety. That was what happened in the past. What is your story of the past? What has the Lord done for you or not done for you? And what was the vow you made? What was the promise you made to him? Did you forget him? Have you forgotten him again? Is the state of your life a reflection of forgetting the Lord? It's interesting. They forgot that they had given a promise that if they were delivered from the hand of this Philistines and the army of and the army of Hazor, then they said they would serve the Lord, and they forgot it. They said, "But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, and we will serve you." Now let's not make empty promises. Let's be honest. When we when we say we'll do something, when we make a vow to God, let's be honest about it. And let's do what we say we will do. And let's not forget that the Lord is an ever-present help in time of need. Just because you don't see him with your naked eye doesn't mean he's not there. He's still there. You don't have to conform. You don't have to compromise. He is still your God. Amen. We'll see you in the next session. Stay safe.